Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Grace, peace, and joy be unto you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. It was nine years ago that I was preaching on this Sunday, and I began with some words from our president at that time, President Obama. He said that this week. He said, at a time when our discourse has been so sharply polarized, at a time when we're far too eager to lay the blame for all that ails the world, at the feet of those who happen to think differently than we do. It's important for us to pause for a moment and make sure that we are talking with each other in a way that heals, not a way that wounds. He was speaking those words in 2011 at a memorial service for those that had died at the shopping center shooting in Arizona. It can almost be difficult anymore to even identify them by their circumstances. We've had so many more mass shootings since then. And I was drawn to those words this year after attending an all-day training this past Monday about safety in houses of worship. About 4% of mass shootings happen in churches, so it's still a small number compared to public spaces like stores and, of course, schools. But the sense of protection that we once enjoyed in churches has been lost in an age where we can't seem to stem the tide of hate-filled violence. It's a difficult time in our country and our world. Of course, even mentioning a president in a sermon can cause some gas right now as we stand ready to begin the impeachment trial in the Senate this week. It's a time of deep divisions in our country, where God's vision of a world restored with grace and peace can seem so distant to us here. But of course, there are things that we can do. We can't immediately or directly affect things happening in Washington, but we can have a great impact on what's happening right here in our own communities. Here in Loveland, we had a fiery debate back in the fall about a school levy. It was a serious issue with real impacts for our children's education and our personal finances, but it got ugly. People said things that were painful and personal. Thankfully, that discourse never became violent, but it was a reminder of what we must always remember in terms of our personal responsibility when it comes to how we express ourselves in the public arena. At this moment of such great divisions in our country, it's good for us to pull back and remember that every citizen is personally responsible for finding ways to build up rather than tear down their neighbor. And it's not political to hold all public servants accountable for negativity, dishonesty, and the incendiary nature of their speech. And this isn't anything new. It's very, very Lutheran. Feel free to turn to page 1161 in the back of the ELW, if you'd like, and read Martin Luther's brilliant interpretation written about the Eighth Commandment. You shall bear... You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. He said, we are to fear and love God so that we do not tell lies about our neighbors. 
betray or slander them or destroy their reputations. Instead, we are to come to their defense, speak well of them, and interpret everything they do in the best possible light. I think that the reality of our media age on internet, radio, and television is that we are inundated with vitriolic one-umpsmanship that passes for dialogue, where too many pundits have the solitary goal of doing the exact opposite of God's command. Their goal is to tear down, to distort the intentions of those on the other side of the argument, making them out to be some sort of evil democracy hater simply because they see a different path towards a better country. And this will not do. We've seen the effects of such negative finger-pointing and blaming, and we always look back on them with regret, realizing how much damage they've done, distracting us from our primary shared goal of building up our society. We're called to a higher purpose in the body of Christ. And it's good for us to go back to the beginning of the church, when the church was first gathering together in community, in assembly, and to think about how it was described, thinking about how Paul described the early church. The theologian Alan Hirsch offers this definition of how the church, which would be known as the ecclesia in the Greek, came to be shaped from its earliest beginnings. He says, in Paul's time, an ecclesia was a gathering of the elders of a community in smaller villages and towns across the Roman Empire. Local elders would gather regularly to discuss and deliberate over a variety of social and political dilemmas facing the community. Neighborhood disputes, arguments over estates of deceased persons, communal response to natural disasters, these were the kinds of things the Council of Elders would consider. Today this might be similar to a meeting in the local town hall of a group of community leaders. In other words, an ecclesia was a gathering of wise community leaders brought together by their common vision for the harmony and well-being of the wider community. Ecclesia, in this sense, was really a community within a community whose very purpose was to add value to that community. It brought wisdom to the village. It helped the village to be a better village. There were members of the they were members of the village, and their destiny was as connected to the prosperity and peace of that community as anyone. Isn't it interesting that the base raw material that Paul uses to develop his vision for us is that of a group of people adding value to their village, people who bring wisdom and blessing to the entire community, not just delivering religious services on the weekend. If we allow this to soak in, we will begin to see ourselves very differently as sent by Jesus into the villages of which we are already a part. The destiny of Jesus' people is tied into that of the broader community in which they exist. They are there to add value, to bring wisdom, to foster a better village. In short, to participate with the work of the kingdom of God going on around them. The language in our best theology is that a church exists as a sign, a symbol, and a foretaste of the kingdom of God. It's a scratch and smell experience for the people around. When people rub up against the church, a kingdom aroma should waft from it. They should catch a glimpse of life as God intended it to be lived in the first place. And just so we don't forget, the reach of the kingdom of God is not just local, 
It's regional, it's universal, in fact, it's cosmic in scope. It's a big purpose, and thinking about it in that way changes the game. We begin a four-week sermon series this weekend. The theme is, it all starts here. It all starts here in our worship. Our mission starts here in our worship. Our witness to the coming kingdom of God, where God is reconciling all things to God's self, starts here in our worship. Worship is central to our mission because this is where we enact that vision that guides our daily living. Our gathering around the table for the foretaste is an embodiment of what we believe about God's vision for all of our living. And in this embodiment, we become more of what we aspire to be here. Being immersed in a gathering of love, forgiveness, peace, and hope, we then become more loving, more forgiving, more peaceful, more filled with hope. Over the next four weeks, we want to be very intentional in our thinking about what it is that we do when we gather here together every weekend. What do we do? What, why does it matter? And why does it matter that we're all participating and that we're doing this work of worship together? My prayer is that we would come away from these four weeks realizing that worship is not simply a way to get us going for what we are doing during the week, Worship is in itself part of our mission as it shapes us more fully into the image of the body of Christ. But because it shapes us into the body of Christ, it does send us. It sends us out to more fully proclaim and to embody the reign of God's grace wherever we go. It all starts here. And it all matters so much, especially today in such a divided time. The world needs the beloved community that is Christ's body to shine in the darkness of our times. For in Christian community, we trust the promise that even in our deep disagreements, Christ's light is shining on our, the darkness of our lack of understanding and our lack of agreement. Christ who came, according to the prophet Isaiah, not just to restore Israel, but rather to be a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the ends of all the earth. We trust, as Paul says today, that Christ is strengthening us all the way to the end of the age. And so living in this light, hope, hope permeates all of our disagreements. And hope should always lead us to a far different place of peace in the midst of our disagreements. Jesus asked those disciples this day, what are you looking for? It can be a, a simple question when read in its context of people walking behind another. Yet it seems pretty obvious that John has more in mind with this question. It's meant to permeate the hearts of all that would come to follow Jesus as his disciples. And here in this time and in this complex and often angry world, what are we looking for? What are others looking for? What do they need? I think they need grace. They need hope. They need the peace that passes all our understanding. They need the things that this world simply too often can't offer. 
So we come together here this day and every weekend to gather around the table, to thank God for God's presence, for the gift of each other in love, and to offer the witness of our community, our service for all those that will respond to the invitation to life together in Christ, the light and the hope of the world. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.